Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. World Overcomers family, welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to our Wednesday night Bible study. We are so glad, I'm so glad that you've taken time out of your day just to commune with God so we can commune with God together as a corporate body, as a, as a family right now to take this time to dive into the word and see what the Lord would say to us in these next couple of moments that we have together. Listen, before we get started, there's something I need you to do for me. I need you to like, I need you to share this video, I need you to comment, I need you to interact. Listen, Word Overcomers, our pastor has said it before, we are, this is a black church. So I need some feedback, although there's nobody in here with me, although you can see me, but I can't see you. I need you to be interactive in those comments. I need you to say amen. I need some hand clap emojis. I need you to say preach, Minister John. I, I need you to interact with me, although I can't see it. It'll make me feel better knowing that you're interacting with me in this moment right now. So let's go ahead and dive into the word. Let's waste no more time. Let's dive into the word. I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 26 all the way down to verse 29. And I'm reading it out of the New King James Version, so it may be different than yours. If so, it's okay. It practically says the same thing. And it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Then let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food the title that i have for this wednesday night or whenever day you may be watching this this devotional moment this bible study moment the title i have for the message that i'm going to preach to you i'm going to teach tonight is called what do you see what do you see somebody type that in the comment section what do you see now let's pray real quick Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this opportunity to dive deeper into your word and see what you're saying to us as a collective body, but then also what you may be saying to us individually, what you may be saying to us for our families concerning the days, the weeks, the months, and the years ahead. We give you praise, glory, and honor for what we will learn and what we will absorb and what we will be able to implement in our daily lives from the word in these next couple of moments and these minutes that we have together. For this, we give you the praise, glory, honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. What do you see? What do you see? 
when I think about the core, the core text that we just read together, um, there are a couple of things that I see from this Genesis chapter one passage. I see number one, and I want you to put this in the chat, that God is a God of purpose. Come on, just begin to type that in chat. God is a God of purpose. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, that many are Many plans are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. And I like the way that, 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 that the Message Bible says it. It says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. It's the Lord's purpose that will prevail because God is a God of purpose. Purpose is the preordained underlying reasoning, the underlying reasoning prompting origination sent from eternity. Now, that's, that's my definition of purpose. That's the way that I was taught it. Um, so let's break that down. Purpose, the preordained. It's the preordained. It was pre, it was already packaged. When God said, let there be light, before God even formed the earth, my purpose, your purpose was already preordained. What you were here to do, what you were sent here to do, what you were birthed to do, what you're good at, what your calling is, was already preordained before you got here. So it is the preordained underlying reason. It is the reason prompting your origination. It is the reason prompting your origin story. It is the reason why you were sent here, while, while you're in that city that you're in, while, while you're in that state that you're in, while you're at that company that you're in, while you are starting the company that you may be starting right now. Your purpose is the preordained reason why you were born, but it's not just for the reason why you were born, but it was also sent from eternity. Your purpose didn't come from your mother and your father. Although they decided to have you, like our pastor says, God decided to send you. So it's sent from eternity. It's not something that you could have made up. It's not some, something that you could have designed with your own mind. It was something that was sent from eternity, that was planned in eternity past way before you were even a thought or way before you were even thought about, before you took your first breath, before you saw the light here in the world when you came out of your mother's womb. Your purpose, your purpose, the reason why you were designed to be here was sent from God and it was sent from eternity. Your steps are ordered. Your steps are already ordered in God. The way the, um, the late Dr. Miles Monroe likes to say it is that if you don't know the purpose of a thing, then abuse is inevitable. And that if you want to learn the purpose of a thing, you ask the manufacturer. In other words, you don't ask the created thing, you ask the creator of the thing. You ask the creator of the thing, you know, why am I here? What is my purpose? How do I not waste time? How do I stay focused? How do I stay committed? How, how do I figure out what it is that I am supposed to see? What it is that I am supposed to do? What it is that I am birthed in this moment in time for? So I see that God is a God of purpose. I see that God expresses purposes in pictures called vision. I see that God speaks out the purpose of the picture of purpose and creates what he saw in that picture. So that's why God said, let there be light. Let there be the firmament. Let there be dry land. Let there be the moon. Let there be the sun. Let there be the stars. Let there be all of these things. And when God went through creation, he created based on pictures he saw within himself. 
But when it came time for man, when it came time for Adam, when it came time for you and me, when it came time for human beings to be created, when it came to man, God didn't create us based on a picture that he saw within himself. He created us based off himself. God said, look, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let's make man not based off of a picture, but let's make man based off of our image, how we see ourselves, how we govern ourselves, how we move around, how we move, how we act, how we talk, how we speak, the, the authority, the power, the dominion that we have. Let's create man based off of that. Let's, I'm gonna, let's make them in our image and in our likeness. And that's very important because image is very critical. Image is a very critical, no matter what part of life you may be walking through in your Christian life or just in your everyday life, image is important. Because the definition, the definition that I have for image is that image is the ability to see yourself within yourself as God sees you and as God is. Somebody type that in the chat. Just type image, the word image. I-M-A-G-E. Image. Image is the ability to see yourself within yourself as God sees you and as God is. Because it's, you have to be able to see yourself as God sees you on the inside, but not, you're not just seeing yourself as the way that God sees you. You have to see yourself as the way that God is because he created you in his image and in his likeness. And then the, the last part of this definition that I have for image is somewhat you know, controversial, but the scripture clearly declares that in creation, we are created in God's image. Angels, you know, when we talk about, we see angels in the Bible. Angels are spirits, but they are spirits who serve, who are in the serving class. And they serve us, us human beings, us who are believers, because we are the heirs of salvation. You know, it's also interesting to note that when Jesus was challenged about being the son of God, they said, you know, how can you dare say that you're the son of God? He quoted from the Psalms, a passage that quoted that God made us as humans to be gods in the earth. Let's take a look at that passage real quick. You can jot this down for reference. John chapter 10, John chapter 10, um, verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? Then, Jesus, then the Jews answered him saying, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy and because you being a man make yourself God. Jesus answered them saying, is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? In the scripture that Jesus was referring to was in, well, you can see it found in Psalms 82 verse 6, where God says, I said you are gods, since you judge on my behalf as my representatives. Indeed, all of you are children of the Most High. And it is further noted that we as humans, unlike angels, we are believing. We, you, we as believers, we are invited to sit in the presence of God. You never see an angel. You never read about angels in scriptures being seated in heaven because they're there to stand and to serve and do the bidding of whatever God wants them to do. But we, you and I, we are seated. The Bible says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that Jesus empowers us to sit as overcomers in the presence of God. So from just all what we've read so far, what we've said so far, the word of God makes a big deal. 
a ginormous deal about our image and about how and about how we see ourselves because image is meditation image is internal meditation that actively guides expectations I want to say that again, that image is internal. It's, on, it's an inside job. It's internal meditation that actively guides our expectations. Why? Because you get what you expect out of yourself. Nothing more, nothing less. We as preachers of the gospels, we, we can, you can come to all the church services that you want. You can come to all the revivals that you want to come to. But guess what? What you get out of yourself, you're, you're going to get out of yourself what you believe. You're going to get out of yourself what you see. What you expect out of yourself, that's what you're going to get. Nothing more and nothing less. So that's why image is a very important thing. And image is also internal meditation anonymously governing experiences. So image is also, it's, 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 another, it's also internal meditation. That's, that's the big factor about what image is. But it's internal meditation that anonymously, it secretly governs my experiences that I have through life. Because the reality is we think that we see the world as it is, but honestly, we see the world as we are. Whatever we internalize, whatever we let sit and stew on the inside of us governs how we experience things, how we see things, how we taste things, how we smell things. Pastor Al, a couple of weeks ago, talked about um, the different five senses. And our five senses are really dependent on what we see, you know, taste, smell, hear, touch, all those things. But that starts on the inside. What do we think we're supposed to see? What do we think, how do we think we're supposed to react to this? How do we think we're supposed to walk? How do we think we're supposed to maneuver throughout this thing called life? And there's a key statement that I want to um, say in this moment, and it's, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow, but it's something that we, you know, we have to face the music. We have to acknowledge it. And that statement is, you cannot live above the picture you hold of yourself within yourself. The picture you hold within yourself, you can't live above that picture. Why? Because the reality is whatever picture you have on the outside is going to be expressed and manifest on the outside. You cannot live above the picture you hold within yourself, with inside of yourself, of yourself. That's why how you see yourself is important because the reality is you can try to go for this, you can try to go for that, you can try to do all these great things, but it's hard to be big when little's got you. It's hard to try to aspire and do different things on the outside when your inside is jacked up. When on the inside, you wouldn't dare think about doing the things that you're trying to do. And sometimes we, we struggle and we wonder, why can't I get this done? Why is it so hard for me to overcome this hill? Why is it so hard for me to overcome this mountain? And sometimes it's not because of the outside, but it's because of how we think about ourselves on the inside. The picture that we have on the inside of us, we don't have the picture of an overcomer. We don't have a picture of somebody who's the head and not the tail. We have a picture, some of us, we just have a picture of somebody like, you know what, I'm on this earth for a set amount of time. You know what, I'm just gonna wing it. I'm just gonna let life happen. Yo, you know, YOLO, you'll only live once. I'm just gonna do whatever. And we don't have a picture of more on the inside. We don't have a picture of us overcoming whatever we may be 
facing in the moment. So it's hard to overcome the picture that you have on the inside and do something that contradicts that on the outside. Because whatever you do on the outside first takes an inside job. For example, for Adam, you know, the first human on earth, it was his down, part of his downfall was that he had a picture on the inside of him being a victim. As soon as he got caught up, as soon as he did the very thing God told him not to do, his first response out of his mouth was, Lord, it was this woman that you gave me. For King Saul, it was, it was his blame of the people rather than him taking responsibility for himself. For the 10 spies who were supposed to go spy out the land, they had the picture of grasshoppers and giants was bigger than the picture of the land flowing with milk and honey. Because it was an inside thing. They saw themselves and thought that, yeah, those people see us as grasshoppers because on the inside they thought of themselves as grasshoppers. They couldn't get over that. And that's ultimately what became their downfall and what caused them to stay, have to stay in the wilderness and a lot of them to miss out on that promised land because they didn't have the right image of themselves on the inside. You know, Carter G. Woodson, he wrote a, a kind of pop, a popular book, really, a, called The Miseducation of the Negro. And there's a quote from that book that I want to um, give you right now that I think ties perfectly into this devotion that we're having right now. And it says, when you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him not to stand here or go, or go yonder. He will find his proper place and will stay in it. You do not need to send him to the back door. He will go without being told. In fact, if there is no back door, he will cut one for his special benefit. His education makes it necessary. That's how important image is, that whatever picture that you have on the, out, on the inside is it's going to express and manifest on the outside. And image is very important because that's the way that Satan is going to try to attack you. That's the way that he's going. That's why the Bible says that, you know what, we need to wear the helmet of salvation so we can be shielded against the fiery darts of the enemy. Because, sure, the enemy could, you know, try to attack your body. The enemy could try to attack your family. He could try to attack this, that, and the other. But the main thing that he wants to attack is your mind. He wants to shoot a fiery dart into your mind. And if you don't put that fire out, he will, he will, his desire is for that fire to spread across your mind. Because once he has your mind, then everything else will follow. Once he has your mind, he can control what your eyes see. He can control how you interpret information about how you hear it. He can control the words that you say out of your mouth. He can control the way that you walk. He can control all of those things once he takes your mind. An image is important because that's the way he's going to try. The enemy is going to try to overwhelm you at the mind level. The enemy will try to overwhelm you in three different ways. He'll try to overwhelm you with the size of the assignment that you have, the size of your purpose, whatever you're called to do. He'll try to overwhelm you with that and plant in your mind that, you know what, that assignment, that purpose, that goal, that dream, that vision, that's too big for little old you to handle. That's too big for you to accomplish in your generation, in your time, and in, in this phase, because of your circumstance, because of this, that's, that assignment is too big for you to do. He'll try to overwhelm you with the size of your assignment. And then the second thing he'll do, he'll try to overwhelm you with how long it's been in waste. 
You know, God, Moses' purpose, one of his key purposes was to get the children of Israel from Egypt and get them to Canaan, get them to that promised land, get them to that land flowing with milk and honey. But, but by the time Moses had got there, it had been 400 years. It had been in waste for 400 years. So, of course, by this time, by the time Moses comes on the scene and let them know, like, hey, yeah, I'm here to free you guys, they're just kind of like, dude, what are you talking about? We've been here for so long. For some of us, for multiple generations, this is all that the children of Israel has known. All they've known is slavery. All they've known is bondage. All they've known is hard work. All they've known is getting beat day in and day out and building up Egypt and building up Pharaoh's kingdom. That's all they've known. So the, 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 the enemy, Satan, is going to try to overwhelm you with how long it's been in waste. Whatever area that you've been called to, whatever sphere of influence that you've been called to, he'll try to overwhelm you. You know what? It's been like this for a long time. These people aren't going to change. This environment isn't going to change. So why even waste your time? Why even sign up for this heartache? Why even sign up for this pain? It's just been in waste. The people don't want to move. The environment doesn't want to move. You should, just, you should just quit. You shouldn't even, you can't do this. You can't, you're not going to be the one who can get this thing out of the mold that, that, it has, that it has always been in. You're not the person that can do that. So that's the second way. And then the third way that he'll try to overwhelm you is he'll try to over, overwhelm you with this insufficient, small nature of your resources. Oh, yeah, the enemy will love, he loves to attack you and say, you know what? You ain't got enough money for this. You don't have the connections to get this done. You don't have the education to get this done. You're not charismatic enough to get this done. You're, you don't have the, the physical physique to get this done. You're not mentally uh, there stable to get this done. You're too emotional to get this done. He'll always try to tell you that you are not enough, that you are insufficient for the purpose that God has called you to. So when the enemy starts to attack you in any of these three different areas, that's why when it comes to purpose, when it comes to the attack of the enemy, when it comes to when you're trying to stay on this path that God has for you, pursuing that dream, pursuing that vision that you had, you have to get your hopes up. You have to get your hopes up. And I know people may have told you before, you know what, you don't need to get your hopes up. Or maybe you've even told yourself, you know what, I'm not going to get my hopes up because the last time I got my hopes up, it failed. The last person I know who tried to do what I'm doing, they fell flat on their face and they didn't recover. I'm not going to do this because I saw this person, I saw this, I saw that, I saw yada, yada, yada. But you have to get your hopes up because remember, the word says that faith gives substance to the things that you hope for. Faith gives matter to the things that you hope for. Faith gives material to the thing that you hope for. Somebody just type in the chat right now, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. If you're at home, you're watching with somebody right now, just nudge them and tell them, get your hopes up. See, you have to get your hopes up because faith can only give substance to the thing that you hope for. So although faith is amazing, we talk a lot about faith, and, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith is great. Faith is amazing. Faith is the building, faith, faith is the building materials for your life. So faith is great. Faith is the, is the building materials, but hope is the blueprint. Faith is a great hammer. Faith is a great saw. Faith is a great cane. Faith, a crane, excuse me. Faith is just 
an amazing thing. But if you don't have a picture, if you don't have hope, if you don't have that blueprint, your faith will not know what to build. You'll have all these great instruments. You'll have all these great teachings. You'll have all these great notes. You'll have all these things. But if you don't have a picture, if you don't have something on the inside, your faith will sit and get dusty and get rusty because it won't know what to build. So my question to you is, what are you building? What are you building? I know you have the faith, but do you have a hope? Do you have a picture on the inside of you of what it is that you're trying to accomplish? That's why I love the song that says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the silent rock I stand, because all other ground, all other ground is sinking sand. So we have to focus on this image. We have to focus on this picture. And the issue of image is so important that God included it in our redemption package provided to humanity through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice. Not only because not only does Jesus cause our spirits to be reborn and to save our souls, he also seeks to redeem us at the image level. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, Verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, when Adam sinned, the image that he had on the inside of success turned to one as a failure. But in Jesus Christ, the last Adam, we are predestined to be conforming to the image of God's dear son. And I, I, I wish, I, I honestly, if I, if I could have one wish, I wish that this image of God's dear son, this victorious life in Jesus would fix all of my image issues. I wish that it would fix low self-esteem. I wish it can do all of that, but it does not. Now, I know, I know that may be controversial to hear, that may be uneasy to hear, but, but let me explain it. God has a picture within himself of you. God has a picture within himself of you. It's the picture through blood-colored glasses of you being conformed into the image of his dear son, who is the image of God and the brightness of his glory. Now, the thing is, God will begin to show you snapshots of his picture of you, and he'll ask you to believe it, receive it, and walk in it, because it's the hope of his calling. But now there's a battle going on. Now there's a war going on because I have two pictures fighting for preeminence inside of me. I have a picture from the word, but then I have another one that's from the world. And the one that's winning, the one that is winning will shape my pattern of behaviors. Whichever one I accept the most, whichever one I digest, I, I consume the most, that picture is going to determine how I move and act throughout this life. So the question is, how do I get in alignment with the picture that God has for me? How do I get in alignment with the purpose that God has for me? And I do that by practicing thought displacement, challenging the wrong image, and on purpose replacing them with the correct image, repetitively until the right image 
takes a hold of my mind, until the right image is on the inside of me, until the right image is the picture that I have that is driving me and causing that fire to be with inside of me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, it's a familiar passage of scripture. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. See, in this passage, we see that the command to not be conformed to the world and the command to be transformed are both continuous actions. Because in other words, you can't do these things once and think you're set for life. You can't do these things once and think that, oh, I'm just permanently good. Because according to the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans, I must be constantly resisting the world's influence so I can walk in the word's influence. And how do I do that? I do it through what I like to call biblical meditation. Somebody just type that in the chat, biblical meditation, biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is a God-ordained, mind-altering substance. Biblical meditation is a God-ordained, mind-altering substance. Because we as believers, we who are in this Christian walk, we are challenged to set our affections or set our minds on things that are above. And the way that you reset your mental complex, your mental complex is through biblical meditation. Because biblical meditation, I know it sounds all deep, it sounds all spiritual, but it's really a simple equation. Biblical meditation is focused on verbalizing, visualizing, and emotionalizing the word of God as already done in our lives. It's a simple equation. Verbalization plus visualization plus glorification equals biblical meditation. Biblical meditation. Verbalization, I'm going to say it again, plus visualization plus glorification equals biblical meditation. So let's break that down. What's verbalization? Verbalization, that is the word of God. It is our solid basis for belief. And it's important for us to verbalize the word because we understand that the scripture says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And the, re and the reality is, the harsh reality is for some of us is that we are living in a world of words that somebody has spoken over us. We are living with an image on the inside because of what somebody said to us. For some of us, there are still negative words, negative statements that have been made about us that we have adopted, and those things are still hindering us to this day. And some of those people who have said those things are long dead and gone. They're in the grave. They're, they're, there's no life in the body, or maybe they're at a far enough distance now to where we don't even have to interact with them, but the words that they said, what they verbalized to us, we, in, our, in that state of mind, we adopted it as part of our identity and who we are. So now we're living out not what the word has said about us, but what somebody negative has said about us. So that's why verbalization is important, and, that why, and that's why we have to verbalize the word of God. We have to verbalize what God has said to us. You need to verbalize the promises that God has made to you and then move to the next step, which is visualization. Somebody just type that in the chat, visualization. And that is the use of the imagination 
to see the promise coming to pass, the will of God as already done, and you performing your part of the will of God. You know, I grew up in a sports household. Sports was really big, especially football in, in the home that I grew up in. And one thing about football is, is that when the offense is on the field and that they get a play from the coach, everybody knows exactly where they're supposed to go and what they're supposed to do. So let's say it's a pass play. The quarterback gets the ball hiked to him, and what that quarterback is going to do when he wants to throw it to a wide receiver, he's not going to throw it He's not going to throw the ball where the wide receiver is. He's going to throw the ball where the wide receiver is supposed to be. He's going to do these things. He's going to throw the ball to where the wide receiver is supposed to be. Because it's his belief that I'm going to get this ball, I'm going to step back, I'm going to wait a couple of moments, and, I'm, and the wide receiver is going to do their part to get to the spot that the quarterback needs them to be so they can catch the play, so they can catch the ball, so they can do what needs to be done, so they can get the first down, so they can get the touchdown, so they can get the yardage. The quarterback is going to throw it to where the wide receiver is supposed to be, not where the wide receiver starts at. And the same thing is with God. Yep, God has this amazing promise for you. God has this amazing promise for me. But God is not asking you to do the super. All God is asking you to do is the natural. God is saying, yep, I'm going to move heaven and earth. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you do not have room to receive. I'm going to do all those things. But all I'm asking you to do is the natural part that you can do. I'm asking you to run your route. I'm asking you to get in the position that you need to be in so you can catch what I have for you, so you can receive what I have for you, so you can take hold of the thing that I have given you for this time, for this purpose, for this place in life that you're in. But I need you to do your part. Because I like, I like to say it like this, you know, God loves me, God loves you but God will not do for you what you are too lazy to do for yourself. The way uh, Bishop Thompson likes to say it, our pastor's father, the way he likes to say it is that, you know, you can't sit on your blessed assurance all day. Part of the image process, part of this process of purpose is that, yep, I have to verbalize the word, but I can't just name and claim, I have to also get up and do. I have to participate in my purpose. I have to willingly participate in my next. I have to willingly participate in my new. I have a part to play in it. God's just not going to do it all. I have to show up and go to work as well. Oh, see, Siri trying to get involved. She's giving me an amen. So I have to get involved with what the plan is that God has for my life because I can't, I, I, I can't sit on my do nothing and expect it all to just poof come to pass. So there's verbalization, there's visualization. I have to see the promise coming to pass, but I also have to do what's required of me for the natural actions to get there. God has already drawn out the plan for my purpose. There is a destiny path that he has for me, but he's saying, yeah, I need you to do your part and believe and work on your image and move when I tell you to move. And then the final part is glorification. That is praising God like it's already done and believing that it is already done. The Bible talks about Abraham and Sarah when they were trying to have a child in Romans chapter four, verse 19. And it says, and not being weak in the faith, he, talking about Abraham, did not consider his own body 
already dead since he was already about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Listen, imagine where you can be in the days ahead, the weeks ahead, the months ahead, the years ahead, if you see yourself the way that God sees you. If you talk about yourself the way that God talks about you, what do you see? That's the title of this devotional. That's the title of this. What, it, what is it that you see from yourself? What is it that you want to achieve? What do you believe that your purpose is? Well, guess what? Whatever all that, that grand vision, that grand dream, that grand goal that God showed you, guess what? It first starts on the inside. It starts with the image that you have of yourself. It starts with the purpose. It starts with how do you talk about you to you. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you go in there with your shoulders scrunched and your head hang low, or do you go in there like, yeah, I'm designed for this. I'm here for a reason. I have a purpose. I have a calling. This is the plan that God has for my life. Because if you see yourself the way that God sees you, and if you talk about yourself the way that God talks about you, your potential will become a reality. And that's what we want for you. We want your potential to become not just something that like, oh, that sounds nice. Oh, that maybe one day that'll look nice. We want your potential to become your reality. We want you to walk in that purpose. We want you to achieve all the things that you have planned for this year, for these couple of weeks, for these months. We want you to achieve all of that. But it first starts on the inside. You have to win the war of fighting you on the inside to believe that you are who God says that you are and that you can achieve and have what he says that you can have. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this Wednesday devotional or whatever day of the week that you may be watching this. Listen, I need some amens in the comment sections. I, I want some hand clap emojis in the comment section. I want some raised hand emojis in the comment section. If this word blessed you, and guess what? Something else I need you to do. Although this word may have blessed you, although you may have been inspired, you may have been encouraged, guess what? There is someone that you know who needs to hear this word just as much as you do, if not more. So make sure that you share this video. Make sure that you share this, that you revisit this whenever you need a refresher, whenever you need some encouragement. Make sure that you come back to this video, you share this video with somebody because we all need to have a sit down and do a hard reset on our image. We all need to lock back in. We all need to hear again that yes, I am the head and not the tail, that I am more than a conqueror and that I am a child of God. So make sure that you share this video with somebody. And we thank you for being with us this evening or whatever time you may be watching this. And we want you to know that you are an overcomer. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.